Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content. The latest. Hey, we have a name. We do. We have a name. This is very exciting. <laughs> if you tuned into our first episode, you probably noticed that we spent half of it just trying to figure out what to call this damn thing. And we have a name. It's Caustic Content, and you're listening to it. So now you're probably saying, wait, what is Caustic Content? I didn't actually listen to the first episode. And first, shame on you. Go back, listen to the first episode. It was really good. I, I think it's, it's worth a listen. Second, this is a show where Adam Myros and myself are trying to hurt one another. Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, any way that we possibly can. And the way that we do that is we are going through the various streaming services that the internet has to offer, and we are trying to find the absolute worst film that we possibly can. And each episode, we're each going to come with a movie. We're going to talk about them. We both watched them, and we're going to see who comes out on top for the worst movie of... uh, the week, I suppose. And maybe at some point we'll try and figure out, you know, maybe once we're 20 episodes in, we'll try and figure out if we have a, a king of the shit, if you will, <laughs> so far. Uh, yeah, I, I think that we should, you know, kind of take it week by week, just just gauge our process, see mm-hmm. see where we're headed. Uh, if, we've, if we've reached a new low or, uh, you know, if a previous contender still holds the title. Sure. Uh Based on some of the research I've been doing, I get the sense we're going to be constantly reaching new lows. But I, I, I'm sure a lot of people in the audience are like, well, you know, who needs another fucking bad movie podcast? Uh, the, the art form has been perfected. And I, I just want you guys to know this is not this is not a standard bad movie podcast. You're not you're not going to see uh, Catwoman on here. Uh, we're doing something a little different, a little more sadistic. Uh these are barely movies. You'll, you'll never have heard of anything we're doing uh, unless you're insane. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it, or directed one of them or something. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other problem, too, is I'm just waiting for some dude to blow up my Twitter like, hey, dickhead, you didn't like my movie. I worked really hard on it. And I'm just going to be like, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> this is why I don't use Twitter. Yeah, it's probably for the best. I'm just going to take all that criticism for both of us. So that'll be good. Uh, I mean, right now, though, and this is a movie that probably not a lot of people have seen. I don't know if we're going to actually see anything that's worse than either Roller Gator or Axum, which are like the two pillars of shit in my mind. Uh, Roller Gator in particular, because Axum is like intermittently amusing because of how dumb it is, whereas Roller Gator is just like 90 minutes of pain and suffering. Uh, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to that level. Uh, I have some hopes. I, I, I've seen some stuff in the research department here, but, uh, <laughs> I, I think the, the most unique aspect of Roller Gator and what, what sets it apart for me is, is its score, which is just this single track that plays incessantly for 90 minutes, which is maddening, utterly maddening. Well, and, and tr- track is kind of overselling what it really is. It's, it's basically a 10 second acoustic guitar riff thing that literally just plays on a loop the entire time so it's 10 seconds of music the whole time 
it, it's shot on what looks like a VHS camcorder. It's a kid's movie. And the only redeeming part of it is Joe Estevez, brother of Emilio, <laughs> somehow. No, no, he's he's uncle of Emilio. Uncle, brother of Martin Sheen. Brother of Martin Sheen, uncle of Emilio. Thank you. Uh, he plays the villain, and he just looks like a mumbling, bloated corpse the entire time, which is sort of funny. But that's that's about yep. it. It's all it's really got. makes you wonder how is uh, Joe Estevez still alive? Yeah, how is Joe Estevez still alive? Will we encounter Joe Estevez as we record episodes of the show? I I hope so. Can only hope. Uh, I I was very close to uh, picking a movie that featured Joe Estevez in in my uh, travails. Not not for tonight's episode, but for an upcoming one. Uh, it, it did not make the cut, unfortunately. But ooh, uh, you know you. It, you will not uh, know virtually any actors that we encounter, but Joe Estevez, he might be one. So, same with your Eric Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe uh, Udo Kier kind of pops up in these circles once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while, sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because just to give you an idea, when people are like, oh, bad movie podcast, are they going to do Birdemic? Uh, these are movies that, like a lot of these don't even have IMDb pages to give you an idea of what we're dealing with. Like <laughs> these things barely exist on the internet, which is really saying something. Right? Yeah i I had come to the realization that we were endeavoring something more along the lines of what uh, a famous video game critic Jim Sterling does with his Steam Cleaner project, where he he goes through these sort of asset flip unity things on Steam, which uh, Amazon Prime is is no better than this. <laughs> there is just some unbelievable stuff you can find on there. Oh, yeah. it's And, and we've talked about this before, too. There's no, there's no gatekeeping. There's no you know process of approving movies, as far as I can tell, because the things that are on here are, are just ridiculous. And through the course of our research, another thing that Myros and I stumbled upon was we found actual like Hollywood movies that were listed under different studios and different directors' names, and they you can watch them on Amazon, and and <laughs> and they run with ads. So people are presumably putting these movies up on a streaming service and profiting from them directly via ads, <laughs> which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, yeah, there's, there's some stuff you can find if you go digging and, uh, I wouldn't recommend it. We're, we're doing it for you. So just leave it to the professionals. Right. Uh, doing the Lord's work over here. So a little house cleaning before we dive in. Uh, one of the big pieces of feedback coming off our first episode was that we should consider a rating system, which... I'm not sure how how we'll go about doing that because uh, every movie is going to rate yeah zero out of ten. Uh, <laughs> my the best I could come up with was uh, curiosity or atrocity. That's that's the best I could come up with. Uh, I mean, we're going to ninety nine out of a hundred films will be in the atrocity category, but uh, that's about all I had. Sure, I, I I don't know how else to go about it. I guess. You've you've posited a couple curiosities thus far, uh, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, and, and that's basically how we're looking at it too. And I think that's that's kind of the way that we're assessing these things is 
were saying, you know, is is there any value <laughs> in watching this? Like, assume that all of these are, you know, zero out of ten, one out of ten, you know, one star, whatever, just the lowest rating that you could possibly get. There's nothing good here. There's nothing quality here. But the question is, is is there anything worthwhile? Is it, did, did I get a chuckle out of it, or did I just want to die the entire time? Uh, this is, this is what Steve is trying to figure out. I'm just trying to figure out how to make his life terrible. (laughs) We are also trying to hurt each other, which makes this a little more sadistic than your average bad movie podcast too, because what I've been, I've been picking out uh, movies for future episodes and I've been specifically choosing things based on my longtime friendship with Adam Myros and knowing the things that he hates the most and just trying to find films that emphasize those things. Yeah, I've been doing the same to to an extent. Mostly I just pick the worst thing I could find, but uh I know there's one on my upcoming list that uh I went to our our uh chat to to try and get a, a pass for cuz it might technically be found footage, but it's it's borderline and I know it's exactly the sort of thing that you will want to kill yourself after watching. Oh, so. that's good. Thank you. That's very <laughs> thoughtful of you. <laughs> uh all right. I guess we should jump into this episode then. Um, I, we're, I don't know if we're planning on doing themed episodes, but it just sort of worked out this way. So I guess our theme for this week is animals, right? That's that's a thing. So uh, uh, maybe not in the same way. <laughs> Myros. I think one of these movies doesn't feature a single item. <laughs> no, I mean, kind of. It depends. It's kind of like, you know how they identify, but we'll we'll get into that. Sure. Uh, why don't we just start with the horrible thing you had me watch, Myros? What what did you have me watch? I had you watch uh, a little film called Revenge of the Animals. Uh, this being the film I'm, I'm discussing as having no animals, which is it's almost a feat considering it's, it's clearly filmed in a wooded backyard of sorts. I kind of want to, uh, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to get into that because I was struggling. Like it's it's either filmed at like a public park or maybe like a a local hiking trail or possibly a golf course. Uh, I, I I'm not sure entirely where it's filmed, but it's it's not really the deep woods that it, it pretends to be. Uh, this this is a movie. We should probably discuss the plot a little bit so people know what the hell we're talking about. Lord knows you don't want to watch this. Revenge of the Animals is. On its surface level, it's the mo- the most dangerous game. Yeah, it's basically the most dangerous game, but like you know, made by someone with like just serious head trauma. Uh, that's the only thing I could possibly think of. So it, it's it, it starts off as many of these movies will, I'm sure, where you've got a group of young people, college age folks, give or take, and they decide to go on a camping trip. And they, the, uh, the protagonist, I suppose, is a guy who went to L.A. to become a famous actor and, I guess, did a few little things, but he's got a very high opinion of himself. And so he came back to his hometown to kind of gloat and also, while gloating, invite his friends on a big camping trip. So, yeah, your douchebag buddy that you haven't seen in years shows up and he's like, hey, let's go camping like we did that one time a decade ago. And they're like, yeah, that's that's a great idea. Let's do that. 
He seems to be his motivation seems to be date rape. Mm hmm. That 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 is a primary motivation. So he wants to kind of like impress these people and, and just kind of go on and on about how, you know, he's the greatest and he's doing all this amazing stuff in L.A. And, oh, you've probably heard of my work. So he set up his kind of he's definitely a protagonist, but he's an unlikable guy. Uh, but then he also really wants to bang one of the women that is in this friend group. And she has a boyfriend and this upsets him a great deal. <laughs> so that's a big plot point. So that that's kind of our setup is a self-righteous douchebag wants to go on camping trip with friends that he doesn't seem particularly close to specifically so he can bang a woman who's not interested in banging him. Is that about right? I don't. Is she not interested? I, I don't know. She's portrayed as someone who's possibly on the spectrum in, in some fashion. Yeah, that's that's. She just sort of like lolls her head around and, and goes with whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know what her deal is. Like, if she's supposed to be playing like a vapid bimbo, but it just comes off like she's been heavily drugged, which is also a possibility. Because I think if you're going to be in a movie like this, I, I would personally need a healthy dose of quaaludes before agreeing to this project uh yeah well lord knows they didn't get paid for this project uh so let's talk a little about the lead uh triple threat adam griswold he wrote directed and and stars in this one Mm -hmm. um i don't know what he's doing he he's i think he just watched like uh 70 straight hours of billy on the street and decided that's what he was going to do with his character. Yeah, there's there's definitely a Billy Eichner uh, twist to his his character, but not like I mean, Billy Eichner is is he's he's brash and he's but it fits in the show because he's literally on the street like shouting trivia at people. But for a movie like this, that character doesn't really work. <laughs> and well, also he's not Billy Eichner. <laughs> and he's not Billy Eichner. That that's also true. And we'll get into this more too you would think that okay so he starts off as this brash annoying uh, self-absorbed prick and perhaps we will witness some growth throughout the course of the film and he will become a better person perhaps even likable but that's not the case (laughs) at all (laughs) no uh no this there's no hero's journey here um this movie uh, it's, it's amateurish. We'll say that. That's being kind, I think. Uh, but yeah, it's, I guess if we want to get a little more into the plot, w- what occurs is they go on this camping trip because he has been anointed the spokesperson for a new national park, which again is literally like a fucking creek in someone's backyard and, and 10 trees, uh, and some mulch. So, yeah, this new national park uh, is actually a trap by some sort of group of bemasked environmentalists who uh, are seeking to kill all humans. Um, I guess, yeah. And and then they encounter a group of previous survivors who have formed some sort of communal society in this patch of grass and uh, anoint him some sort of prophesied 
the savior, and then they they they, they escape. That's about it. That's that's pretty much the whole thing. But really, we're we're glossing over some of the finer points here because this movie does a lot of things that really piss me off, like just in films in general. So, uh, w- one of the great things about it is it starts with this chase scene through the woods where these masked animal people with machine guns are are shooting at the protagonist and some other guy and two things happen that i just absolutely hate one there's this problem with a lot of these really really low budget movies and myros i think you referred to it as the birdemic gun sound (laughs) oh yeah yeah uh and that's where they all use the same stock gun firing sound but no one like mixes the sound properly so the dialogue is at a pretty normal level and then the moment that they use the gun sound effect it's like three or four times louder than the dialogue and it just like blows out your fucking speakers it's it's really wonderful love that so that's good yeah don't don't do not watch this well a do not watch this it'd be if you uh if you decide to partake if you want to follow along in this journey, uh, do not, under any circumstance, watch this with headphones on. Yeah, it's that's a painful experience. <laughs> Don't do that. So that's going on. And then the other great thing is while that's happening, and I'm pissed because my eardrums are being blown out, uh, these, these animal people with their machine guns are just like waving them around wildly, and you've got like the, the stock muzzle flash going and the stock too loud gun noise going and they're like three feet behind these people <laughs> and i'm not trying to get all like oh cinema sins like oh look they can't even do this right but it's it's just it's horribly distracting and the way that it's shot too everything's kind of flat looking so it looks like they're just standing directly behind them and they can't shoot them and then and then it does something that i hate more than almost anything in the entire world where you know you you're thrown right into this chase scene and then all of a sudden it's like record scratch and it's like i bet you're wondering how i got here and then it, and then it gets into the exposition and at that point i was just like oh god please kill me i uh, i knew this was going to be something special because you all of these things i mean if you watch the trailer for this why they cut a trailer for this is a mystery to me but they did um, all of these things are on display immediately in the trailer. They didn't sound mix that either. Nah, Got to put your worst uh, so. foot forward. <laughs> There's this tool, and, and trust me, I'm no audio wizard. You can listen to our back catalog and see that uh, we're not exactly uh, authorities on the subject. But you know, if in any standard DAW, you could just hit this uh, nice thing called compression, and it, it levels all your audio. And it's a single button press, and I, I don't understand how this happens. Ah, I I don't understand either. It's one of the great mysteries of of the world, really. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's it's not just this movie. This is a common occurrence in in this level of stuff, which is it's just staggering. So, yeah, uh, the yeah, this movie looks like total shit. By the way, let's not uh, mm-hmm. gloss over that. It, it's just. I don't. What do you think it was filmed on? It has to be some sort of like phone quality digital. An iPhone four. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, ev- uh, everything is really flat and super compressed. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And th- this is me just taking a shot in the dark. Maybe it was filmed on a GoPro uh, or something similar to that because there's a lot of goofy, like, selfie shot handheld stuff that happens too. And it just makes me think that it had to be just like a tiny little digital camera. Uh, so something of that GoPro quality, basically. And yeah, it's just, if it, oh, God. If it was a GoPro, it was not like a traditional, like, head-mounted GoPro. I'll say that. They must have had it on some sort of tripod or something. Because it doesn't have the... I, I almost wish it had that level of dynamic movement. Uh, yeah. Not that they could handle it, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so another, another big point to, uh, to note... Uh, is that every time uh, Billy Eichner pops on the screen, he's accompanied by one of the most obnoxious pieces of stock music I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. It just, it probably plays 30 to 40 times over the course of the film. Literally every time he, he, the camera turns to our main character, we got to cue up this fucking, like, Sousa phone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right. So you got you got that nice music going, and good God, it's it's really distracting, and it it really makes you hate the main character even more than you know I already was. It's like oh great, every time he talks, I want to fucking die. And it's also weird too because you know I mentioned earlier, clearly these are supposed to be like college age kids, I think. But you have this weird disconnect because it it looks like something that you would shoot for like a high school project, not even like a high school film like class project. Like if if you were reading the the most dangerous game in English class, and your teacher was just like, "Oh, if you want, you could do a movie," and then you shot one, it would basically be this. Yeah, I think college might even be charitable. These people seem to be like Ari. Well, I mean, the main character is significantly bald. Yeah, he he looks he looks to be about forty. Like everybody here looks like to be in their <laughs> like late twenties, maybe early thirties. But he is he's a hard forty for sure. <laughs> but like it, it's just you have that, so you're like, okay, you're clearly adults. <laughs> this is these aren't children, so there's no excuse for that. And then you have like the cell phone quality video, which is just jarring. There's no like white balance, and everything is blown the fuck out. So anytime there's like, oh, the sun is at their back, so now everything just looks like they're ascending into fucking heaven or something. Uh, there's there's no framing in anything. Like people are just like standing off to the side for no reason or the camera doesn't completely capture their entire like torso and face like heads are just cut off for some reason it's the whole thing is aesthetically repugnant and in a movie like this where you've got so many bad things going on you've got the bad acting and 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 the dumb story and just everything is horrible I don't even like you can't even take the time to frame a damn shot like <laughs> just do something right for me please for the love of god and yet let us not let us not overlook the most egregious aspect which is which is that audio this you can't get away with this between the music and and the leveling issues it, it's just a, a sonic assault yeah it's it's really bad and god some of the, some of the weird choices they make too <clears throat> and this is why i think it was actually shot on like a golf course or something 
So w- there's this one scene where they're literally like they're camping. So it's nighttime and they built a fire because that's what you do when you go camping. Except clearly they're in a place where you're not allowed to have campfires. <laughs> so it's just like a pile of sticks and then they CGI'd some fire onto it. <laughs> but it looks horrible. Like it's it's not even like you know, Yule Log quality we're talking here. It's It looks like something from, like, a 90s video game. It's... it's Right, it's, yeah. It, what What is the reasoning? Is it difficult to, to make a campfire? <laughs> I have no idea. And honestly, if, if you decide, okay, this is our shooting location. <clears throat> we're shooting on a golf course, or we're shooting on this public hiking trail, so we can't have a fire. I think if your choice is... Having a campfire that literally has some of the worst CGI I have ever seen in my life, or just not having a campfire at all and not drawing attention to it, you know? I, I think you go with, ah, oh, fuck it, we don't need a fire. <laughs> right, you could just, you know, put some put some orange gel on your light. Yeah. You know, Hon- put it off camera. Good good to go. Good good to go, yeah. Or honestly, give me give me the old, like, the cell phone ex- excuse in movies. Give me the old throwaway line. Oh, man, I can't believe we're not allowed to build fires here. Fine, I'll take that. <laughs> give me anything other than what you've done. Well, I assume that they had slapped this effect over top of a lighting rig that was just in the shot. That, that's got to be the only reason you would do this, right? <laughs> I guess so. I, I, I have no idea. I, I literally don't know. It's hard to say anything with this movie. Yeah. Uh, I I had also noted the fire, although it's been a while since I watched this, so I couldn't pick what my note was. It just says fire. Why? <laughs> uh, we forgot another great aspect of this of this film. Oh, yeah. Is that, uh, is that there is... Uh, Outside of this group of friends, mm-hmm. there is some sort of slapstick hobo who has tagged along with them. Oh yeah, for no reason. And, and this is this is another thing that's a real like high school project thing. Just like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if a homeless guy smuggled himself in their car and they just had to hang out with a homeless guy? It's like, no, it's not really funny unless you're fourteen. I guess <laughs> this had a, a terribly egregious framing error. In this in the introduction of the homeless man as well because he's tagging along with him because apparently our benevolent protagonist is the only person to ever give him change uh and in the scene in which he gives him change it's it's framed poorly so his hand reaching to the homeless man is in the shot and he has absolutely nothing in his hand so Again, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Couldn't have done a take two on that one, for sure. Or just edited post or something. Be yeah. like, okay, we're going to crop this shot. <laughs> nope, can't do that. This is this is why you shell out the extra money so you can get the GoPro with the screen on the back so you can, you know, rewatch your footage. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this movie. So, okay, going back to the actual plot. Uh, they show up at this campground. And then the protagonist tries to coerce this woman into having sex with him. And that's kind of weird, too, <laughs> because he, like, distracts the boyfriend and then gets in the tent with the girl. 
And then it's just like, hey, you big bimbo, let's bang. And you're like, okay, that's the thing that's going to happen. And then you see this next shot and like the tents moving around and stuff. And the boyfriend catches them. And he's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing that. They're not doing anything. They're fully clothed, sitting in a tent, like, hugging each other. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was supposed to be a joke or... I, I don't know what's what's happening. Yeah. So that happens. And then almost immediately thereafter, the, the, the carnage kind of kind of kicks in the carnage. Yeah. There's like two deaths in this entire damn movie. Uh, they just start getting shot at by these these animal people. Th- this whole plot is insane to me because I don't. How is any of this working? Like on what functional level does this they're they're clearly not in the middle of nowhere. This is a very public area. They're getting shot at by these animal people who based on what we learn later in the film when we see like the group of survivors that's just like hanging out in the woods. Uh, they've been doing this for a while and they're complete fucking morons. So we're just led to believe yeah, this is a thing that happens. They just kill random campers and no one gives a fuck and they have machine guns that they fire off loudly and trust me it's loud i i heard it blasting my eardrums <laughs> so the whole thing is stupid but let's let's throw that away let's assume that this is a reasonable story that needs to be told <laughs> i can't get over the fact that at no point <laughs> none of the characters go you know why don't we just go back to the car and leave they're not that far from their vehicle. And we find out later when the whole thing wraps up, they do. They just walk back to the car. And it's like a five-minute walk. And they're not lost. And it's no big deal. And it's it's nothing. But never at any point when they're being chased by people with machine guns do they go, maybe we should try and find the car and just leave. <laughs> I think there was a throwaway line about them being lost at some point. Uh, well, they're not very shortly, good at it. But, yeah, shortly before... They were rescued by that other group, which all the stuff with that other group is holy shit. Yeah, there's like a like a it's like a literal like tribe of people that have been like trapped for months and they're just like, oh, yes, we've started our own society. Yeah. And if it wasn't obnoxious enough that the animals are carrying these like dollar store guns, the tribe has this like woman with a bow and arrow and it's just like a fucking stick with some twine on it it's like what the fuck that's pretty great it's pretty great now let's talk about these villains a little bit more who are politically motivated i guess and i feel like nine tenths of this movie is just like like the, the writer director mr griswold that's his name right adam griswold yes yeah. yes so uh, old Griswold, I, I don't think he had it in his head that these were environmentalists. And then at some point, when he got to the end of the script, he's like, fuck, why were they killing all these people? <laughs> and he's just like, oh, they're environmentalists who care about animals. So that's why. But then there's a twist here where they're not really environmentally conscious people who wear plastic animal masks and, and, and shoot random strangers. When they put on the animal masks, they think that they're actually the animal that the the mask that they're wearing. So like the cow guy thinks he's a cow and the tiger guy thinks he's a tiger, right? 
Yeah, I think it, it may. Well, it's a lion guy. The tiger. Is My mistake. Something else. The tiger is, is the the female lead, or what? I guess what amounts to a female lead. Um, yeah, the the Lion King. Mm-hmm. He uh, seems to have brainwashed these people into believing that they themselves are animals, and uh, yeah, Jesus fuck. Um, it's. It's real stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It's just like a, a punchline where they're like, well, if all people need to die, then why are you alive? It's like, we're not people. We're animals. And yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense. And it's it's lazy and shitty. And uh, that it's pretty much like the rest of this movie. Yeah, lazy and shitty. That's That's the best <laughs> way to put it. Well, I was curious about the career of Mr. Griswold, uh, so I, I tried to look into this guy more, and uh, he's got some stuff on IMDb, so good on him. A lot of the films that we're going to be watching over the course of this podcast, I don't even have IMDb pages, so shout out to Adam Griswold for getting that, at least. <laughs> um, he's made a lot of movies, uh, shit, like a dozen, probably, including a musical so that's that's great, but I I think he based on the titles of his films, it looks like he he thinks that he's a funny person, and he and he tries to do these these humorous romps. Like this is supposed to be like a horror comedy, I guess, but it's not funny, even though it tries, and it's certainly not scary. So I I don't know what it's going for, but yeah, like his other movies are like Space People, Space People Two. Suburban Spies, Journey of the Cartoon Man, Murder by Upload. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know what any of this shit is. I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking at his LinkedIn page right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> you able to pinpoint his age yet? Because, uh, unfortunately, IMTB's not any other. No, I mean, he's probably younger than we are. I'd put him in his 20s. Well, he's not aging <clears throat> gracefully. So he, um, he attended he attended Emerson College from 2006 to 2009, uh, specializing in film. And if you go to his IMDb, or not his IMDb, his, his LinkedIn, he actually has all of his, uh, his film courses that he took listed, uh, which is good because I, I know where that fire came from, and it's a little class called Computer Animation 1. <laughs> he, I think he would have got like a D in well, that class for this fucking You effect. know, the, the other thing is... is he took another class called Advanced Computer Animation, and I'm willing to bet he didn't do so good in that one. <laughs> well, he, he he didn't stay the full four years. So. Yeah, yeah. It's probably that was the roadblock, right? There. I guess that's got to be it. Uh, so shit, this is it's one of those things, and, and I think we're going to run into this a lot. But Revenge of the Animals is a movie that says to me, you need to think of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can write a feature-length script and convince, you know, a half dozen of your friends to act in your movie doesn't mean you should. And you should consider, like, the scope and the goal of whatever you're shooting (laughs) and and why you're shooting it. And this entire movie, even if, like, let's, let's take away all the technical stuff, let's take away all the production stuff and just boil it down to the essence of what this movie is. It is so fucking half-baked and so fucking stupid 
and you don't see there's no growth from any of the characters. The fucking protagonist is just as big a dick at the end of the movie as he is in the beginning. And and there's 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 no there's nothing. It's completely hollow. And I, I don't know why you would make this movie. I, I just don't understand. Uh, yeah. Maybe it was fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't fucking know. Yeah, well, and I, and I hope I hope he had fun, and I hope everyone involved had fun, because somebody has to have fun with this, and it sure as shit isn't going to be anyone who watches it, so... Yeah, we did have a cost-benefit analysis for your fun. You, you've cost... <laughs> So many others, they're fun by releasing this into the wild. <laughs> yeah. You want to make this movie? Fine. Put it in a fucking trunk in your attic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would agree with that. But, you know... My- so, here's another thing I've noticed. Uh, just a slight digression, because this is another thing we're going to run into. Uh, a lot of people are on about how Netflix is killing the cinema or something like that. But I think one of the more insidious... Uh, aspects of streaming services is the designation of a television show because uh, this is not he's not the the first I've seen this with but Adam Griswold is is credited as a television series creator uh, from 2015 to present which what let me tell you let, yeah something called Paragods which I am I'm utterly certain is a direct to Amazon uh, special aha. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've got it. It's not like you you can call yourself a television series creator when you're not fucking... I don't think this pilot was greenlit. No, not greenlit by anyone, for sure. <laughs> well, and, and, I, and we talked about this on the first episode, too. You could literally just upload random YouTube videos. Like, we could just... We could shoot a series of videos where I'm just, like, spreading my ass cheeks and... Then we could call you Adam Myros, television series creator. Uh, you know, check out our series on Amazon. Like that—that's a thing we could say, and it would just be me spreading my ass cheeks. Let's see what the most recent uh, episode of this is. The '80s incident tells its own story while recreating some of the best scenes from some of the best films of the 1980s, including Goonies, Better Off Dead, Porky's. Ferris Bueller, Footloose, and Top Gun. Hmm. Ed borrows coffee money that he needs to repay. Chad is kidnapped by Gordon's henchmen. Digger is let on about a one-night stand that he doesn't remember. That's not a fucking proper sentence, people. Yeah. Ace works beside a probie. Chief and Heather get closer. Well, I can't fucking wait to tune in. Yeah, that's compelling. That's some good stuff. I mean, there's there's nothing I like more than a no talent asshole uh, reshooting scenes from the Goonies with his fucking iPhone. That's what I need like, in my life. It's Ready Player One. It's Ready Player One. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's better than that. Could be. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, there's there's not really anything redeemable about this movie. I guess you could say it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. So that's something. Which might not sound like much to our listeners out there, but trust me, <laughs> some of the things that, that we're going to be watching and discussing, they don't have those. So, uh, it, so it's got you know, it's got three acts. It's uh, it's edited, maybe not well, but it's oh, not well, <laughs> not not well. But I've seen worse. Um, that's that's about it, I guess. 
uh, I, I don't know. But let me tell you something, Myros. Here's why you're not going to win this week. I hope you know that. And that's because this isn't just Revenge of the Animals. This is the award-winning film, Revenge of the Animals. Did you know that, Myros? Uh, I am aware. I was going to say that, you know, as much as we are taking the piss here, when's the last time you won an award for a film? You I, I have not. And if Mr. Adam Griswold were to reach out to us, he could say, yeah, where, where's your fucking award for making a movie? Where's your movie, bucko? You just sit there in your in your critic's chair with your, your fucking critic's beer that you're sipping and just, just talking shit about other people's art. And where's your art? And I'll say, sir, I have no art. My art is not on Amazon yet, but I could upload it in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we filmed this Skype call and, and fucking turned it into the Granite State Film Festival, we might win Best Comedy. That is, that is correct. So in, 20, <laughs> in 2015, Revenge of the Animals won Best Comedy at uh, the Granite State Film Festival, which raises a lot of questions. First and foremost, what the fuck is the Granite State Film Festival? And I will have you know that it is the premier film festival of New Hampshire, uh, or at least it is a film festival in New Hampshire. I don't, I don't know anything else about it. Yeah. Uh, but I will also tell you that uh, maybe it was the only comedy submitted. I haven't considered that. It's If not, uh, you know, we should really look into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe this is like a metatextual thing, like... Perhaps the greatest joke of all is when Revenge of the Animals wins Best Comedy at a film festival. <laughs> it's <laughs> a better joke than, than was written in this film, I'll say that. Just a long pause and the sigh. Yeah, so there's there's not a lot going on here, but it, it, does, it does have an award, which is not something I can say about the movie that I chose. Uh... I'm trying to find this. There's no way I'm going to be able to find this. They couldn't archive for three years. <laughs> Granite State. You're not, you, are you looking up the uh, the other submissions to the Granite State Film Festival? I'm trying. This could be a, a gold mine. Oh yeah, <laughs> find some great future content. We're just going to base our entire <laughs> podcast around the Granite State Film Festival. <laughs> what is what is Granite State? Anyways, is it like a mining college or something or what? I don't know. Is New Hampshire the granite state? It doesn't seem like it would no, be. It doesn't seem like a very granity place. Yeah, if someone said granite state, I'd be like, oh, Utah? I don't yeah. know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Beats me, man. Um, yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's New Hampshire, baby. <sighs> Anyways, Myros. Yes. It's this, based on the, <laughs> the criteria that you set for us. Is this an atrocity or a curiosity? Uh, it's an atrocity. I'm. I'm not. I don't be curious about this one. Don't. No. Sure. There's. There's no. There's no curiosity to be had. It's an absolute atrocity. It's. And it's not. Some of the things that we're gonna watch are gonna be like assaults on the senses, and and this movie does that a little bit with the with the music and and the sound effects, but on the, on the whole. The kind of pain that this movie induces is it's it's like a slow, just thudding pain. It's it's like a migraine, you know. It's it's debilitating and it it, it sucks, but it's not like getting you know shot by a bazooka in the chest. It's just 
uncomfortable and unpleasant and not something you want to experience. With that, Myros, I think it's time we move on to a uh, a different sort of animal movie. <laughs> uh, this, this is different, all right. Yeah, different is is that's probably the, the best word to de- describe it. So. Revenge of the Animals is bad, but I feel like in a lot of ways, it's generically bad. It's it's the kind of bad that I expect out of you know this this kind of a of film. It's just like subpar student film bullshit that doesn't go anywhere. It looks like shit. It sounds like shit. This is it's it's the the fucking Mendoza line of this podcast is Revenge of the Animals. This next movie is. It is just beyond anything that I, I've i ever seen. And I've seen some weird shit. And this, this is bad, but holy shit, this is a weird movie. Let's talk about... Uh, <clears throat> Steve, before we dive, I, I got a quick update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Granite State Film Festival existed for one year and one year only, 2015. Really? <laughs> So I, yeah, well, there is a Facebook page. The last post is, is 2015, and uh, some of these are about the debut film festival. Mm. So uh, yeah, I think mm. yeah, it's a welcome to the first annual Granite State Film Festival uh, and the last annual Granite State Film Festival. I could see why that shut down pretty quick. Uh, I wonder is is Adam Griswold an administrator on the Facebook page? Uh, might have might have stuffed the ballot box here. That's a twist, a that's wrinkle. Possible. Now that information I, I don't have. I'm sorry. I, have no oh, I see some gentleman <clears throat> named Paul Kerr who may or may not star in Revenge of the Animals. We'll have to, uh, I'll have to look into this. Yeah. That. <laughs> we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll we'll look this up. Yeah, future episodes will will come back. We'll circle we'll circle back around on this one. <clears throat> but right now, oh, oh, wait. Further update. One more update. I think that it, it does live on in some uh, form or fashion uh, as the Flaming Puma Film Festival. The Flaming Puma Film Festival. Yes, the Flaming Puma uh, Film Festival. Is that kind of like one in a golden lion? Something like that. Okay, that makes it's sense. Like a sneaker on fire or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's all right. That's let's good. let's get to this leash here. <laughs> All right, so the movie that I chose for you, Myros, is a little something called Love on a Leash, which I chose specifically because of the uh, the movie film poster slash DVD cover slash whatever's on Amazon, which is a blonde woman looking down at a dog who's standing on its hind legs and wearing a fucking tuxedo and holding a rose in its mouth. <laughs> So my first thought is, is she going to fuck this dog? And I can't say that I'm I'm wrong in assuming that, really. This is a movie about fucking a dog. Uh, I don't know. Does she fuck the dog? I think she fucks the dog. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but what what is what is Love on a Leash about, Myros? It is about a dog who is it's like a Beauty and the Beast type thing. A, a cad was cursed to live as a dog until he could find true love. Although that 
is obviously quite arbitrary because they keep kind of yeah moving moving the bar throughout the film as to how he stops being a dog. But uh, yeah, that's some serious bullshit. <laughs> we we got to talk about the rules in this movie because these rules are fucked up. <laughs> so then, our the central character outside of the dog with eighty-yard monologue is uh, a quirky. L.A. woman who is dressed in green and everything in her house is green. And I mean, this isn't a, a real movie, so this is just this person's actual life. Which yeah, is wait, fucking strange. And don't don't undersell it because, and I'm I'm dead serious her here. The, this woman who is our central character in the movie, her defining characteristic, literally, her defining characteristic is she really likes the color green. Yes. That's green. it. She doesn't have a personality. She doesn't have like wants and desires other than I- I'm looking for love. And the only thing we know about her is she really likes the color green. Well, she's I I, I guess I've answered my own question because they do get married at some point. So she but she, that's what was my confusion was that her other defining characteristic is that she uh is waiting until marriage to consummate and is very judgmental of, of everyone else around her about this subject. Yeah. And also she works at a clothing store or multiple clothing stores. Again, it's it's all very nebulous. And you know what? If if you want to fuck a dog, I don't think you should judge people about their decision to have premarital sex. You know, that's that's just my take on that. But what do I know? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This is... Oh, God. So... We're, we're kind of underselling a lot of this for how fucking weird it is. And it's it's hard to really put into words what love on a leash is. But just keep in mind that the things that this movie does wrong, I've actually never seen a movie do these things wrong before. So I, I was blown away by what I was watching. <laughs> so... First of all, we we had problems with Revenge of the Animals because of the uh, the sound and you know the the stupid music that plays and the and the, the poorly mixed sound effects. Love on a Leash doesn't have any music, and it's fucking or horri- does it? Or <laughs> it's it's fucking horrifying. <laughs> There's this is another of the great mysteries surrounding this film. Uh, okay, where appar- apparently, if you were to purchase this on DVD, it has it has a score, it has music throughout, and for whatever reason, the uh, Amazon Prime upload nothing, and it's it's so so weird, especially in the beginning because there's this like little like montage scene of this dog like prancing about or whatever and there's just no sound at all it's just dead silent and you're just watching this golden retriever kind of like trot around and then he starts talking now he doesn't move his mouth and talk obviously this is just like voiceover but there's there's no music or anything and it's it's really really uncomfortable like just horribly uncomfortable and that's that's your first introduction to this movie you're just like oh god what am i watching why is this happening why do i feel so weird right now (laughs) holy shit this is a strange a strange movie um 
What? Why? So the dog is throughout the film has this like. It sounds like Alf. Alf has popped in and is uh, is doing the voiceover track for this dog. But he's just um, like <laughs> he goes between like normal guy voice, but then. I get this feeling that somebody was coaching him, like, no, you got to sound more like a dog. And he didn't know what that <laughs> meant because that doesn't mean anything. So he just starts going like, oh, this is how I would deliver the lines now. This is my dog voice. And at one point, I, I swear to God, I was watching this and he, <laughs> the guy was he was saying something like, oh, boy, I like bones and chasing the milkman and just like shit like that. And so I just went, like, mimicking his voice. I went, ugh, I'm a dog. I swear to God, like, ten minutes later, he actually goes, ugh, I'm a dog. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, what is happening? How is this real? Uh, the, the whole dog aspect is is pretty, uh, pretty incredible because, mm-hmm. A, th- there's only one person credited as, as Prince, which is, I guess, the name of the dog, even though he explicitly states uh, in ADR that his name is Alvin Flang, and uh, for whatever reason, he just goes by Prince when he when he becomes human again. Uh, yeah, he just, he just adopts his dog name like it's his fucking, like, baptism name or some shit. <laughs> but, yeah... Uh, so he has two names, but another thing is that yeah, there's just there's no one credited as there's one person credited as Prince, and there this is not trust me, it's not the same person who's doing the voiceover and playing <laughs> the character because one of them sounds like Sats Broker, and the other one's like some Eastern European hunk or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty great. I should I should say too. You know, we established it's kind of like a Beauty and the Beast setup, but regardless of that, at least in Beauty and the Beast, like, the Beast eventually, we you know, we come to pity him and his situation, and he turns out he's, he's not that bad of a guy, he's just kind of, you know, had, had a, a bad hand dealt to him. But this dog is a fucking asshole. This, this dog's a complete dick, and a homophobe, in the first five minutes, probably less than five minutes... He, he, the dog, the golden retriever, runs up to someone, and the, this random guy like pets him or something. And the voiceover is just like, "Oh, I'm a dog. I'm not gay. I'm a dog. Don't touch me." Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is going on? Uh, and then we're not really we're led to understand that the dog used to be a man. And then he was a dick. So when he died, he was reincarnated as a dog. And he has to learn to love in order to, you know, be a man again, I guess. Whatever. But the fact that he gets a second chance at all is kind of like, what? Okay, sure. But this is this is all orchestrated by a magical pond? He, like, talks to a fucking pond in a park. That's it's like a bunch of sparkles. That's covered in like you know post production sparkles. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know if it's the pond or what. It, it seems to. It, it maybe it's like some sort of fairy godmother type thing. Yeah, uh, it, it's it doesn't make any sense. Um, the thing is, 
giving him misleading information the entire time and, and kind of dicking with him. Which I, what a what a bold take on a fairy tale, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but uh, the dog is supposed to try and find true love, so he sees our lady protagonist in the park. Who, by the way, I, and I, I don't want to insult this woman too much because God bless her for fucking trying here, but there's something going on with her. We need a makeup department. She just has what seems to be a horrible rash covering her face and neck throughout this movie to varying degrees. And it's just like, can, can we address the rosacea? Is there something going on? And then at some point, the dog even says like, Oh, you big pizza face to this woman who he allegedly <laughs> loves. And then he I just loves feel her bad. when he's a human. And then I feel bad because it's just like, oh, okay, we didn't have the budget to put some makeup on this woman who's having like an acne outbreak of some sort. So the solution is voiceover make fun of her. That's fucking horrible. <laughs> uh yeah, I Again, every time he reverts to a dog, it, all of this, uh, the budding relationship is just like tossed out the window for like the world's shittiest one-liners. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. This movie is very room adjacent. I'll say it. <laughs> it's it's in the same it's in the same ballpark where you're just like uh, these people are space aliens. Like they've never held conversations with actual humans before. And to be fair, one of them is a dog, so maybe he's a little socially awkward, but. Even the way everyone looks, you know, I, I mentioned the, the woman and how her only defining characteristic is she's obsessed with the color green. The dog, you called him an Eastern European hunk. He looks like uh, the, the, the fucking monster in like the golden underpants from Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> it's, that's like him. That's what he sure. is. And she's just like, oh, you're the man of my dreams. Blah, 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 blah. I want to fuck you. You're a dog. And... And he's just this weird, he's got this goofy ass, like simple Jack fucking haircut going on. And it's like these beautiful golden locks. And it's just how, I I don't know how this person even exists in the first place. Like this whole movie is mind blowing. It's the same thing. When you see Tommy Wiseau and you're like, how are you a real human? That's how everyone in this movie is. They don't seem like real people. Well, that's what I want to get into here is the fact that, Somehow the dog, the dog human relationship almost makes the most sense of anything in the film. When, when we're following her pre dog dating life slash work life slash family life, it is straight out of the fucking room. It's just complete madness. Uh, <laughs> she's just like working at, I don't know. It looks like a fucking Goodwill. There's just like giant racks of clothes everywhere. Yeah, it's like and it's like high fashion Goodwill though, because they're like very serious about you know. Oh, how do I look in this dress? <laughs> right. So the owner, I I guess he's the owner is is like a fifty year old bald Asian man who, uh, while he's in the store. Her superior comes up and is like, blah, 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 do it this way. And the owner's like, you know, I think you're way better at this than him. But I'm not going to do anything about that. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should go on a date. And then uh, he turns out to be secretly gay and wants her to be his beard. Uh, yep. <laughs> and 
simultaneously she's dating another gentleman who her mother's insane, obese friend has set her up with. Yep. And his, his motives, I don't even know... I, I don't even know if I could describe this. What What is going on with this? He, he She meets his mother. Yeah. Who lays out something completely fucking insane. Like, I want you to raise this kid that he had in a previous marriage, but you should also have your tubes tied. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what she leads with. She's like, yeah, get your tubes tied. <laughs> like, what? Okay. Because you can't have another kid. For some reason, this uh, this is good, and this is like the first date too. He brings mom on the first date to just kind of lay down the law, you know, because that's what people do. Yeah, it, it's fucking insane, and I don't know what's going on with her mother. She seems to again in another room parallel be dying. It's never mentioned in the script, but it sure seems to be the case. Yeah, every time we see her, she's like bedridden and. It just seems like she's on death's door, but it's never addressed at all in, yeah. in the text of the film. No, if I had this this woman's life, I'd be <coughs> I'd be trying to fuck a dog too. Like she, everything that happens to her is just bad. Oh yeah, there's there's also after all of this, I, I believe she has the dog at the time. Uh, her manager at the store uh, busts into her apartment and tries to rape her. Yep, that's the thing that happens. Uh, all the while, while this is occurring, the the dog is is sing songing, <laughs> yeah, uh, on the floor. He's he's having a nice uh, Mad Lib song session. I don't know what the fuck is happening. He's kind of freestyling, uh, just kind of letting it go. <laughs> so she quits her job, and throughout the rest of the film, she sure seems to be working the same job, but. I guess it's, it's a totally different. different. <laughs> it's a it's a, an identical store <laughs> oh across my the way. God. Um, yeah. So I guess we should probably talk about where this thing goes. <laughs> where does it go, Myros? <laughs> Other than Straight to My Heart is my new favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it uh, um, well, I mean, the the whole thing is that they're just kind of. They're fighting back and forth because the magical pool decides. Originally, she's like, "Oh, you can't be a man until you find true love, or whatever." And then he finds this. He finds our our protagonist, and he's like, "Yo, I found this girl. I love her." And she's just like, "Well, actually, maybe you don't. So you get to be a man, but only at night." Yeah, and then it sets up some stipulation about how he should provide for her. So he does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they get married, uh, and the pool, what does the pool say then? I don't know what the fuck the pool says then. It's just like, nah, fuck you. (laughs) I thought they didn't get married until the very end. No, they get married, like, midway through the film. Okay, okay. And then, but then at the end, they also have the, the, is the second marriage? (laughs) I guess, when they're in, like, fucking old age makeup. Yeah, I, Um, I don't know. It's weird. But okay, so they they do that, and then they continue to be a problem. But then they find another loophole where she realizes that it's actually not he can only be a man at nighttime. It's he's like a vampire, and he only turns into a dog when he's exposed to the sun. 
Is that right? This is mentioned with about 10 minutes left in the film, but yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Well, I guess it is L.A. It's just pretty sunny. It is pretty sunny. That's fair. And then there's, there's this whole thing at the end where and this is their big breakup, right? Because uh, yes, uh, the dog man actually leaves her because she's unwilling to accept his limitations and uh, forces him to attend some midday dinner party. At, at which point he morphs into a dog, and people just kind of take it in stride. Yeah, they're, they're just they're cool with it. It's no big deal. <laughs> but again, he's like a total dick, and he's just like uh, he like leaves her, and she's heartbroken, and he's just doggy trotting down the middle of the street like. I don't give a fuck about her. I don't give a shit. I'm a dog. Like that's the that's the whole thing. And that's probably actual dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not joking. Like it's not an exaggeration. I'm gonna try and cut in some dialogue from this fucking movie and just drop it in here randomly. But I, I guess at some point he realizes the error of his ways and how you have to make sacrifices for relationships. Yada yada. And then this is this is my favorite part because this dog's a fucking dickhead. He makes this realization, and he comes running back to her, and she sees him, and he just gets blasted by a car. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> Which I, I I saw that coming. I guess I just didn't see what follows coming. But the thing I'm is, like, oh, like- and then the love of the woman and he'll be back and they'll be fine because she loves him and this is his sacrifice and this is how he'll transform. But it's like, no. No, and, and that's that's the thing too is like, he alludes to this earlier in the movie. Like, this is all like God's plan or something. Like, he just, he at some point he's like, all I need to do is die again and then I can be a man forever because God that's what happens and it's like no that's weird what you just made that up it's not been alluded to anywhere else in the story but it's true i guess so he, he comes back but it's weird when he comes back why why does he come back as an old man he has gray hair why is that a thing i don't know because <laughs> he comes he comes back like 30 years later or some shit yeah and he's like right and, and he just he just walks in he's like i own a successful dog walking business <laughs> dog training business for obvious reasons she's like oh you're here i've waited for you wait so it's it's more complex than that okay well, well a we've <laughs> got to we've, we've got to point out that the the film <coughs> doesn't just cut to that we see like her there's like a montage of her just growing old for some reason and Putting her house up for rent, and then her old friend who she cast off in favor of a dog love, like, (laughs) shows up and she has, like, 20 kids. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And she doesn't show up to see her. She just shows up because she wants to rent the fucking house. (laughs) And inexplicably is like, oh, I didn't realize this was my best friend's house. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, we see her going through this, like, spinster montage, and then, uh, yeah, Dogman shows up, but he's still young. He's, like, he's like 25. But he's just got gray hair. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No. He has no gray hair. Oh, no, yeah, and he's then, got the black hair, yeah. and, then, and then it turns gray. She's Yeah, she's old, and then when he's like, hey, I got a dog grooming business or whatever the fuck happens, uh... 
Then he just morphs into old age makeup, and they are both old. The end. <laughs> yeah, and then there's this weird thing at the end of the movie where it's just like it's it's like a shot from their wedding, where which is why it's like did they get did they renew their vows? Like what's going on? <laughs> but it's just like the, well, maybe now they're getting married in a more yeah. societally accepted fashion. That's you know? that's true. That's true. But this other one was more of a clandestine. You know, we know we're married, but society, yeah, yeah, they can't accept our love. So, uh, like, she's she's got on like a green shawl and a wedding dress, and then he's got on the the, the black tuxedo, and she like puts the shawl around him like it's a leash, and it's like ah ha 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 funny, but it's weird because again, there's no music at the end, so it's just this camera panning around the weird dog fuck couple, and it's just it's very unnerving. It's very difficult. It's for the best that this version exists for some reason. Yeah, this movie would probably be much more obnoxious if it had an overbearing score, which I'm sure it does. This movie is completely fucked. Like it's so, I, I think it's like the the mystical element to it. It's just like it's like watching a Neil Breen movie. You know, when you're watching Fateful Findings and there's all that shit about like the kids and they find the magic rocks in the fucking forest or whatever. You're like, what does this have to do with anything that's going on? It's kind of like that, but just kind of amplified. <laughs> you see, Cuff, this is why you're not going to win, because I- I'm disappointed in you. Like, here why, because this is the best movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> here, here I found a film that only attendees of the one and only <laughs> Granite State Film Festival had ever seen. And you've picked something that's some sort of YouTube conspiracy movie where there. It it has a, an IMDb rating of nine point nine out of ten. <laughs> it should with with four thousand four hundred and thirty two <laughs> votes. That's that's a solid number. I had no idea. I was honestly just going through things, <laughs> and I saw the cover, and I picked it. I didn't I didn't know that like people on YouTube had conspiracy theories about it. <laughs> I, it's some sort of thing where a, a YouTuber had directed his. Fan base devoted ten out of ten, and and was subsequently banned from YouTube oh. because of this stunt. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Maybe we'll get banned from iTunes. I want all the listeners to uh, of this show and any Optimism Vaccine podcast to go to IMDb and give it a ten out of ten because it's the best movie ever. Yeah, now tomorrow it's going to have four thousand four hundred and thirty-five. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, so you're going to lose. You have no chance. This movie is... It's a goddamn masterpiece. If I'm describing it as room adjacent, that means there's there's something here. This isn't what we're after. This is... Uh, it's terrible. It's fucking awful. And I don't think I enjoyed it at the level you did, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> this, this definitely warrants uh, the rating of curiosity. Now, if, if you... Yeah, if you grab like a... a- Get yourself a 12-pack of beer, couple of friends, and sit down and watch this. It is a good fucking time. It's so insane. And everything about it, like, obviously the story is insane. It makes no sense. It's about a woman who fucks a dog. But, it, again, from a technical standpoint, the things that happen in this movie are just... It, it's insane. The editing is... I've never seen worse editing in my entire life. Like, this is... Uh, Neil Breen and, and fucking Tommy Wiseau are... Kubrick compared to the the editing on display here and the shot composition. Holy shit. 
there's entire scenes where I don't even know, aside from if you were editing this movie and you like headbutted the keyboard repeatedly, that's the only way I can conceive of how you would get these edits in. They just they make no sense. And it's another movie too where the sound is horrible. So every time we switch over to the the dog voiceover, it's I'm a dog. It's just completely <laughs> like blown out in the red, distorted, like just t- terribly recorded. Terribly sounds recorded. like sounds like Jake Tropila recorded. <laughs> oh, sick burn. Uh yeah, this movie is. I, I'm going to assume you'll agree with me and call it a curiosity. Oh, it's absolutely a curiosity. I would buy this on DVD if I didn't know that the, that the DVD added music because that 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 makes me very upset. This movie it is does. it's in its purest form on Amazon for sure. Uh, this guy Fen Chien. Uh, he also has a, a second film, I suppose, uh, which is. Oh, it doesn't even have a plot on IMDb. I, I don't know. I, I guess we can't get into it, but it's called... <laughs> Forbidden Kiss. Uh, Forbidden Kiss. Oh, my God. Or, or Gu Bao Ji Wen. Oh. It is a Chinese film. So maybe that's part of it, too, and why the dialogue is so stilted. Are we dealing with like a, a English as a second language situation here? Is that part of the, the issue? Uh, it could very well be, yeah. I think, uh, it does have a lot of elements that speak to that to an extent with sort of the overbearing parents, and uh, a lot of it kind of feels like a in first-generation immigration sort of feel to it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. That's right, man. This uh, is, I mean, in these, in these uh, troubled times, you know, with, with ICE agents snatching children out of their parents' arms, I feel like Love on a Leash really is the movie for 2018 that we need. Uh, you can have it, but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, I could safely chalk up uh, the first win of this endeavor. Yeah. Now, you, you definitely win, but I mean... I feel like I won because I found a movie that I'm going to cherish for years to come. So, who's the real winner? And at least my movie didn't win an award at a fucking film festival. Ugh. If you're up against anything else, you'd lose. If it would have been submitted to this same film festival, I'm sure it would have won. It probably would have. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, with that being said, yeah, I'm going to cast my vote. Revenge of the Animals is worse. Although I feel like there's worse things out there. Like I said before, it's like a slow, dull migraine of a movie. It's it's bad in every way, but at the same time, it's not, you know, the worst shit ever. We're going to find worse. Revenge of the Animals, uh, that's that's the bar, baby. That's the bar right now. Yeah, see, I, I hated it more than you. I think it's probably the worst thing we've watched thus far, uh, which will get worse, but I... I I would have previously said uh, old Godfrey Ho was was the worst thing I'd seen thus far, but I, I think I think Revenge of the Animals has him beat. It's mm. just such an amateur piece of shit. At least, at least, not exist. Godfrey Ho has like a thesis, man. It's just like I'm trying to make my money. You know, I don't I don't know what Revenge of the Animals is trying to do. It's definitely not making any fucking money. That's for sure. It's like, let's go camping and bring a camera. It's like fucking again. Trunk in the attic, people. Yeah, that's... Ugh. Sure, the only people who should see this are your children 20 years from now. <laughs> uh, put it in the old time capsule. All right. 
let's wrap it up. Consider yourself a winner, Adam Myros. Uh, I do every day. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're Adam Griswold or maybe someone just listening to this podcast and you want to give us some feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter at Steve Cuff. That's at Steve C-U-F-F. Or you can tweet at Optimism Vaccine. That's at Optimism Vaccine. If you're interested in more awesome podcasts, articles, all kinds of good stuff, you go to OptimismVaccine.com. But most importantly, if you look in the description for this very podcast that you're listening to, there's a link. You need to click on that link. You need to rate and review this podcast. Right now, I think we're at about like 15 or so, maybe 20 uh, reviews, and only about four written reviews. So I, I want to get to 25 reviews and at least 10 written reviews. Make my dreams come true. Literally, all you have to do is go to our iTunes page, click on that link, give us five stars, and then write... In the review box, hello, this is Adam Griswold, director of Revenge of the Animals. You're a fucking asshole. That's all you have to do. Do that right now. That's that's You know, it. Adam Griswold, this is it's not only good for us, it's good for your uh, publicity as well. It is, so it is. Go ahead and do it. We are we are increasing the streams the stream numbers for Revenge of the Animals, so you're welcome. As pitiful as our viewing numbers are or listening numbers, I suppose, I, I would I would venture a guess that we probably have a stronger base than Adam Griswold and, and company. That's fair. That's fair. And a stronger hairline. Oh! Okay, that was mean. I'm sorry, Adam. All right. Myros, where can people find you on the internet? No, they can't. They can't. Uh, they can't find vaccine.com. That's, that's it. Funny. That's it, baby. All right. Make sure you give us that written review and those five stars, and we will be back next week. <laughs>